from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. So the Texans are, are taking a lot of the Kansas slots. Then Kansans mm -hmm. and Missourians, they end up having to come to Illinois. Missouri's restrictions have been extremely onerous, some of the most onerous in the country for, for quite some time now. So far, Midwest Access Coalition hasn't had to turn anybody away. I mean, you are basically counting on this is going to happen at the Supreme Court, and then these other states are going to yeah. move in this direction. Yes, it's it's a scary landscape um, that we're looking at. So we are just prepared for, we're going to be prepared for the worst, honestly. I'm Sarah Fenske. Abortion restrictions in Missouri and other states have pregnant people increasingly flocking to Illinois and to organizations like the Midwest Access Coalition. The nonprofit calls itself a, quote, practical abortion fund, and it's gone from assisting around 100 women a year in 2017 to now working with that number every month. And joining us now to tell us more is Diana Parker Kafka. She's the executive director of the Midwest Access Coalition. Diana, welcome. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. So, Diana, what does it mean to be a practical abortion fund? How do you help women who are seeking abortions? Yeah, so practical support is sort of becoming a, a, a new focus for the abortion access movement, but it's always been, you know, around just because there's always been a need to travel to a clinic that's not near you. So we were founded in about 2014 along with other practical support organizations serving you know texas and california and other regions and we focus on how do we get someone from their home to their provider safely without them having to you know go without food you know sell their belongings and so we fund and we arrange all of the travel necessary for someone to get to their appointment that means gas money flights, hotel accommodations, um, volunteer drivers to pick you up from the airport, Uber or Lyft rides when there are no volunteers available, money for childcare, money for food, any barrier that someone comes to us, we work with them to solve and uh, use funding to, to pay for to get over those barriers. And so that's do, practical support in a nutshell. And do people have to show that they have a financial need or, or they just explain their situation and you guys step in? We, they just explain their situation. Um, most of our, most of the people who call us get referred to from their clinic that already has gone through a financial intake with them. Mm. Um, most folks are unemployed or underemployed. Um, most folks are parenting already, so they have um, financial obligations with the families that they have. Um, and yeah, the, the clinic knows that they can't pay for their procedure, so they're unlikely to be able to pay for their flight or their hotel and anything else. Yeah. So I know these days, a lot of these women are coming from Missouri. You know, there were some startling statistics in a recent Washington Post story. It said a, only 167 abortions were performed in Missouri in 2020. Arizona, which has a similar population size, they saw more than 13,000. Mm -hmm. Missouri's seen a 97 percent decrease in the past decade. Are most of those Missouri Missourians then going to Illinois? 
They are going to Illinois or Kansas, actually. Yeah, and that number is a lot higher than I was actually expecting. It's probably lower um, in the past year or two. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Missouri's restrictions have been extremely onerous, some of the most onerous in the country for, for quite some time now before even Texas came up with their law. And so I understand it's not just Missouri, though. You're seeing a significant spike in demand. This was starting in the beginning of, of 2022. Is is that because of what mm-hmm. happened in Texas? Yes. So we are starting to see about 120 callers per month, which is a, a year ago we were seeing 40 people per month. And at the beginning of SB8, we were seeing about 80 people per month. And now we just have this new spike, um, which is from people who just delayed their care in Texas because they didn't know that abortion was still illegal or accessible if they are hearing that they have to go to another state and they can't you know, afford the gas to even get there. A lot of people give up. There's a big chilling effect with these laws. And so by the time they get to us, they might be further along. It's costing them more money. Um, they'll need to stay uh, more days than they would have before. And so I think this we're seeing a spike because of that delayed care. So the way the Midwest Access uh, Coalition works is you help people who are to, from, and within the Midwest. Uh, how would you break <laughs> that down in terms of what you're seeing now? Is it mostly people are coming to the Midwest or it's people from within? Um, it is probably a mix of both. I would say without Texas, it's people within the Midwest. Um, after SB8, it definitely shifted towards um, a lot of Texans we were supporting at first. Um, but we have been working with funds in Texas to support that that new need for travel. And a lot of Texas funds are able to do a lot of the support for folks coming to the Midwest on their own now. Um, but we're still seeing Texas that Texans that come to us for support. Um, but for the most part, we're back to people within the Midwest traveling within the Midwest or if necessarily necessary, they go to D.C. or Boulder for for later care. So you've said that Texas restrictions have created a ripple effect and that that's mm. part of what's driving this demand. How so? How does that work? Um, so there's a lot of people from Texas going to New Mexico, Colorado, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Illinois specifically. Um, but we're starting to see this shift where people in states with abortion care have to go to another state even because all of the appointments at, say, the clinic in Kansas are full and booked out for weeks in advance. And so we've had to support people coming to Illinois from Kansas and other states that actually have care available. But because of the demand on them from Texans now, uh, their residents have to shift to another state as well. And that's that's the same for Missourians, too, who cannot get care in Kansas when they normally would, um, having to go to another state now. Okay, so the Texans are, are taking a lot of the Kansas slots. Then Kansans mm-hmm. and Missourians, they end up having to come to Illinois. Does yeah. Illinois have enough capacity that it can serve everybody who is coming from all these states that are, are now being displaced by these Texans? Uh, post row, it will not. <laughs> right now, there is capacity because there are a lot of clinics. Um, but this is just 
Texas. This is one state that has created this ripple effect. And now we are looking at uh, about 26 or maybe 29 states about to follow in their footsteps. So, And, and you say post-Roe. I mean, you are basically counting on this is going to happen at the Supreme Court. And then these other states are going to yeah. move in this direction. Yes, because of the the makeup of the Supreme Court now, we are expecting one of two losses, one of which is a total ban of abortion, um, saying there is no federal right, they're up to the states to decide. And then there's also a loss where, well, you know, people have a right to abortion, but it can stop at 15 weeks if the states want to stop it there, which is what Mississippi is asking for. Um, It's very unlikely that it's not going to be one of those decisions. And so you're already beginning to plan for this. Like you, you see this coming. Mm-hmm. You guys are putting systems into place. Yeah, we this net, we have a network of practical support funds along with abortion funds who do a little bit of practical support. Um, and we have really close relationships with each other. We have overlapping systems. We make sure that we're... Um, just know what everybody is up to and what their needs and capacities are every week. And so we just want to make sure that there's this network built throughout the entire country with Mac, with, you know, Fun Texas Choice, with Bridget Alliance that focuses on later care travel. Um, but there's a there's a system here that we're continuing to build up and build together um, collaboratively. Yeah. So as of December, uh, Planned Parenthood of the St. Louis region in southwest Missouri, they're also um, starting to directly provide some of this practical mm-hmm. assistant to pa- assistance to patients. Are they part of that same network? You guys are all working together? Yeah, we're working with uh, what they call the RLC, the Regional Logistics Center. They support mostly the Planned Parenthood in Fairview Heights, Illinois. So they do a lot of the practical support for patients there, and we sort of um, aid them with what they can't provide for patients at that location. Um, They also help people going to Hope Clinic in Granite City, Illinois, um, but we mostly do the practical support for the clients going there, along with the Chicago Abortion Fund and a little bit of the context the Kentucky Health Justice Network. So with yeah. all this big increased demand you're you're seeing at this point, and I know you expect to see that only continue, within this mm-hmm. network that's working together, are you able to help everybody who comes to you, or are you having to turn people away? Um, so far, Midwest Access Coalition hasn't had to turn anybody away during our existence. We are slowly shifting towards being comfortable with having to do that. Like, as I said before, 26 plus states are planning to do the same thing that Texas did. And we were, you know, able to keep up with the demand post SB8, um, barely, but there is, there is no way that all of the, the funds and the practical support organizations can support the type of need that's, um, going to become really apparent, um, once SCOTUS gives us their ruling. There will be people who won't be able to get care. There will be people who will have to put off care. Um, and that's that's really why this moment is incredibly sad and, and important to talk about. 
So there's another effort going on on top of these ones that, that you've illuminated here. This is a bill um, in Missouri by State Representative Mary Elizabeth Coleman. This would have barred women mm-hmm. from traveling across state lines for an abortion. That so far has not gotten any traction in Missouri's state house. Do you worry it's only a matter of time before a state does something like this? Um, we were expecting this. We were expecting this with SB8 because SB8 is in violation of federal law, but it was allowed to stand. And as she pointed out, uh, she noticed that SB8 was allowed to stand and that the rule of law as we know it is sort of up in the air now. With, and, and that, of course, SOTUS. is that Texas yeah. law. That, that's SB8. Yeah, SB8. Yeah, sorry. The Texas law that bans any abortion after six weeks and enforces it with civil... Um, that empowers individuals to sue anyone mm-hmm. with a, for a suspected abortion, um, which just goes against the rule of law that we know it right now. And so laws like that, uh, that want to restrict adult travel is very unconstitutional. Um, but with this new court, you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So you, yeah. you're just kind of having to keep an eye on anything. This this could go into law, even if you, a legal expert would say, "Oh, that'll never fly." It could still happen. Yeah, it's a it's a new realm for for the law. We're just looking at SCOTUS to see how they rule in other cases when it comes to, you know, a personal autonomy, and uh, it's really not looking good. The same laws are going after trans folks protection for trans kids um it's it's a scary landscape um that we're looking at so we are just prepared for we're going to be prepared for the worst honestly well diana parker kafka i want to thank you so much for joining us today of course thank you so much for having me This episode was produced by Danny Wissentowski with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.